Hi everyone, Amanda here, and this is Planned, Prepped, and Productive, the podcast where I'm helping moms ditch perfection and find peace through planning. This is episode 50, how to serve your entire family the same meal. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I am sitting in my house on a chilly Tuesday and so grateful for the cool down. I'm already planning all of my soups into my dinner rotation and I'm so excited about that and happy to be here with you today. So I'm really excited about today's episode and I really think you guys are going to like it and I think it's going to be really helpful to you. So I'm stoked to share it with you. So today's episode is all about how you can get your family eating the same meal at mealtime. And I know that this is a huge problem for many families out there. So there are so many parents that don't like cooking, maybe you at dinner time, not because they don't like cooking, but because they feel like it's just a waste of time because their kids never eat what they cook. So they spend time slaving away in the kitchen on this meal that they put on the table and then none of it gets eaten, which would be frustrating to any and all of us, right? I totally get that. And I wish I could say that my kids gobbled up every single thing I made for them, but spoiler alert, that's simply not the case. But with time and consistency, you absolutely can be on your way to homemade meals that your kids and family actually enjoy. And you can have your kids eating dinner with you without fights most nights. We're just going to dive right into this one and talk about the eight ways that you can be on your way to feeding your entire family the same meal and ending the cold cereal or PB&Js at dinner time for good. Okay, so the first idea that I want to dive into is not my own. This idea comes from Ellen Satter, and it's called Being Considerate But Not Catering. Satter is also the one who came up with the division of responsibility at mealtime, which we've talked about a bit on the podcast in the past. The idea behind that is that you, as the parent, decide what and when to feed your child, and your child decides if and how much they're going to eat. So I absolutely love Satter's work, and I believe in and preach the division of responsibility at mealtime, but sometimes it just seems a bit harsh, and I don't think that's the way it's meant to be, which is why I really like that Satter has also come up with this idea that we're going to dig into and explain of considerate but not catering because I think it helps a lot of moms. I know it helps me be able to stomach the idea of the division of responsibility at mealtime without feeling like it's overly harsh. I feel like this other idea kind of helps moms to find that balance between taking care of their children and honoring their needs and wishes, but also taking care of themselves and not becoming short order cooks in the kitchen. So what exactly does this idea mean? Consider it, but not catering. So what it means, it's honestly a lot like what it sounds like, but it is that you should absolutely consider your children's special needs, but you do not need to meet their every demand at mealtime. Deciding what to eat is ultimately your decision as their parent. So this is just a healthy boundary that will help you feel more peace and help your children become better eaters. So while I think this is a great idea, I think figuring out exactly how to be considerate but not catering can be a little difficult. So one thing that I like to think about is treating my children a little bit more like adults at mealtime. And I mean this 
when it comes to meal planning and preparing food, not in all ways, of course. But an example here, my husband cannot stand mushrooms. Does that mean that we never eat mushrooms in our family? No. I love mushrooms, so we're going to eat them sometimes. But I can absolutely be considerate enough to pull some of the dish out without mushrooms before we serve it. This isn't really a lot of extra work on my part, but it's considerate for me to allow my spouse to enjoy his meal. Um, On the other hand with this, as adults, most of us wouldn't expect our spouse or a host at a dinner party to make us an entirely different meal if their meal that they have planned doesn't meet our needs for some reason. That would be catering. So in my experience, and I've done this myself, many parents take mealtime as one extreme or the other. So either it's this idea that this is what's for dinner, whether you like it or not, and you can go to bed hungry if you don't want to eat it. And I honestly have to admit that I've been guilty of falling into this camp. Or as a parent, you might fall into the, I can't send them to bed without eating. Let's just whip them up a sandwich or pour them some cereal or anything else to keep them happy and fed. And the reality is, is that you can and should really be in the middle of these two extremes. And that's where the most peace at mealtime is going to come in. And learning how to be considerate, but not catering will allow you to create this environment. So as we move on, we're going to dive into seven other ways that you can feed your family the same meal at dinner time. And honestly, most of them are just actionable ways to complete this first step that we're talking about. Ways that you can learn to be considerate, but not catering at mealtime. The second tip is to work with your children's personalities instead of against them. So story time quickly about my oldest daughter. She is absolutely a girl in charge and she will probably run the world someday. Because of this, the whole mom deciding what and when to eat really does not jive well with her. In fact, there was one time when her little brother asked us to make her favorite breakfast. I was in a good mood that morning and I had some extra time, so I told him that I would make it for them. At this point, my daughter insisted that she wanted another food for breakfast, even though I was making her very favorite breakfast meal, simply because it was her brother's idea to make it and not hers. So for a long time, she and I just butted heads a lot at mealtime because I was trying to stick to my role and she continued to stick to her personality assigned role and neither of us were very happy. Eventually, I realized that I could absolutely include her in the decision-making processes without giving up the control that I needed as a parent. So I was simply considering her personality, God-given need to make decisions as I meal planned. One way that we did this with her was I made a list of all the snacks that I was okay with purchasing and I was okay with them having on a regular basis. And then I let her choose which of these snacks I was going to purchase at the store that particular week. Uh, Then when it's snack time, I tell her which four snacks we have. And remember, she's chosen them and I let her choose. At this point, luckily, she's my only child with this need for control. So she can just choose for everyone. Choose us for a little brother and sister and it works just fine. If you have multiple kiddos with a need for control, you may need some sort of a system for who gets to choose what snack so you're able to make only one every time. Remember, your needs are important as well, moms. We're not making anything more difficult than it needs to be, but you get the idea here, right? Maybe your child being controlling isn't an issue that you have, but maybe your child is just a little bit anxious about trying new foods, for example. 
For these kids, it might really heighten their anxiety to have you pressure them to just taste it or just try one bite. In this case, it would probably be better for you to show them by example what you're eating and let them try things on their own terms if they want to. My kids, though, aren't the least bit anxious around food, so sometimes, honestly, even though it's not necessarily recommended, we'll try and incentivize them to try something new. You know, we'll say, hey, I'll read you an extra book if you taste the green bean or something like that. Just a fun incentive or even I'll give you a high five for putting that in your mouth. One thing to be wary of is that while we will encourage our kids at times or suggest that they try something on their plate, we try not to force them to eat a certain number of bites or a certain amount of food because that will kind of mess with their hunger and fullness cues, and we want our kids to develop that on their own. But we will at times encourage them to try something, but never to eat to a certain level of fullness because we are not inside our kiddos' bodies and we honestly don't know what level or amount they need to eat. So what I'm trying to say here is that feeding really depends a lot on your kids' personalities and you as their mom know best. I've said this before, you are absolutely the best one to feed your child Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. You don't need all of these special programs or tools. Use your common sense. Keep learning. Figure out things you can try. And trust your instincts because you really do know so much more than you think you do. And you will be the one that helps them to become adventurous and healthy little eaters. All right, moving on to number three. And this is to use safe foods and don't limit safe foods. So this idea will help with your anxious eaters as well, or really just any eater. And the idea here is to offer at least one safe food at every single meal. So a safe food is defined as a food that you know that your child generally readily accepts. Uh, And keep in mind here that there are probably foods that are not necessarily safe, but they usually accept. And I wouldn't consider these foods safe foods because they sometimes would reject them. I would honestly choose the safest foods that you have and offer one of them with every single meal. And this means that you're going to have some interesting meals. So put away that picture of, you know, the perfectly balanced, perfect meal that you have in your mind and just put the goldfish on the dinner table. It's okay. And honestly, it really is helping your child to feel safe and comfortable at the dinner table. So what this does providing safe foods is it really helps to ease some anxiety and let your kids know that there are new things on the table to try if they want to, but it gives them the peace of mind of knowing that every time you serve a meal, there will always be something there for them to eat. Uh, If you have an extremely picky child, like I said, this may look like goldfish at the dinner table with your stir fry, but it's okay. It's useful and it's teaching them. So this is a way for you to keep control of the menu like we talked about. As part of your job in feeding your children is to control the menu at mealtime, but you're also considering and meeting your child's needs. One thing that I mentioned but I didn't really go into is that with these safe foods, you don't want to limit them, which is going to be hard for you as a parent. So that might mean that sometimes dinners look like them eating a whole lot of goldfish crackers. I promise it's okay. This is a long process and you will see progress over time, but don't stress if they don't want to try any of the new things at the table. 
you have exposed them and that's what your job was as a mother. So you've done your job and it's okay if they only want to eat the goldfish. Uh, one of the best ways to serve your entire family the same meal is to keep things separate as much as possible. So if you're making a casserole, for example, consider leaving the broccoli or zucchini that usually goes inside on the side. Um, my favorite way to do this is to make bowl style meals. So it seems like restaurants are popping up all over that allow you to build your own bowl style meal. And it totally makes sense to me that this is happening because you can go to a restaurant like this and everyone you go with can cater their own bowl to their own taste. So doing this really allows you to serve a big group of people the same meal without having the stress of somebody not liking something or, you know, maybe somebody is not eating meat, somebody is not eating dairy. That problem is just taken care of and they can put only what they desire and what they can safely have on their plates. So because this idea is so popular in restaurants, you can absolutely take it and use it in your own home. So an example here would be to consider serving like a teriyaki chicken bowl, leave the sauce on the side, and then let your kids choose their own toppings to put on. One last note about keeping things separate is to also be really careful with spice when you're seasoning. Kids are so much more sensitive to spice than adults and in my case, there's almost nothing else that will just guarantee that my kids won't touch the rest of their meal as having it be too spicy. So usually I try to remember to just leave the spicy ingredients out entirely and let my husband and I or older family members just sprinkle their own on. Another tip for reducing some mealtime anxiety and helping your kids get used to eating what's served to them is to serve your meals family style. So one thing that's really interesting about kids is sometimes they get stressed out about even having foods on their plate that they don't think they will like. It can also be stressful for them to, you know, have the foods touching, or it can even be stressful if we just put too much food on their plate, even if it's foods that they like, um, and feeling like they have to meet our expectations and that we expect them to eat it all. That can be really stressful. So in recent years, there's a lot of childcare centers actually that have been moving to serving meals family style to help with these issues. And it's a great idea to do this at home too. A bonus here is that it can help you teach your children manners as they learn to, you know, pass the food around the table and it can help with their fine motor skills as well as they learn to dish up their own plate. Okay, another thing to try is to involve your kids in the menu planning process. We kind of talked about this already when we talked about catering to your children's personalities, but there's just a lot of ways that you can include your kids in the menu planning process while you still get to maintain control of the overall, I guess, meal plan, if you will. So maybe have your child just choose a favorite meal every week, every month, however often you feel comfortable providing that for them. Or you can even tell them if you're using meal prep, tell them, hey, I'm meal prepping chicken this week. What are your favorite chicken meals? And plan those into your menu. You can also put your kids in charge of choosing the fruit or veggie side dishes. One thing here that's really helpful and I think helps to give your children options and choices while maintaining control is to, you know, set the parameters. So you're saying, I need you to choose a fruit for dinner. So you're ensuring that 
the meal is going to be balanced in the way that you like it because they're choosing a fruit. You're not saying choose a side dish or choose a dessert. You're saying choose a fruit. They only have so many options. And honestly, you probably don't really care which fruit you have. They That's probably a piece of control that you can easily give up without feeling stress and anxiety that you're losing control. So by setting parameters, you're teaching kids, first of all, you're teaching them what a balanced meal looks like. And you're showing them that no, you don't have to choose everything as their mother. They can have choices, but within the parameters that you as their mom have set. There's lots of other ways to involve your kids and still keep things manageable for you as the cook in the kitchen. And remember that this is important. So let your kids choose and help to the level that you're able to maintain things in the kitchen. And if it gets to be too much, you are in charge and you get to veto things that you know might not work on a regular basis for you. Okay, we are on to number seven, and that is to set healthy boundaries around food. Kids will push your boundaries. Kids will fight. Even if you implement all of these things, even if you've provided a safe food, there will be times when your kids just don't want it. This is absolutely normal. Stick to your boundaries and your kids will eventually fall comfortably into them and the fights will decrease drastically. It's normal for your kids to fight at mealtime occasionally. Don't let yourself, don't tell yourself this lie that, you know, something's wrong with my kids. This is not normal. Why don't they eat? This is normal child behavior. Do your best as their parent to stay neutral and to stick to the rules that you've set. I've got an episode coming up in a few weeks that's all about boundaries. So we're going to dig into this idea really a lot deeper. But for now, just remember, keep your cool, stick to your boundaries you control you and how they react is probably proof uh, that what you're doing is actually working. The last thing that I have to say is to be consistent. If you have consistently been making your kids extra food at mealtimes or giving into a snack whenever they desire it, or if you've been allowing them to choose all of their own meals all of the time, all of the things that we've talked about in this episode are going to be a lot harder to implement. Don't lose heart. This isn't meant to discourage you. This is just, I guess, a warning as you move forward with this that it's going to, we talked about boundaries. Your kids are going to push your boundaries and it's going to be really hard at first. But consistency over time will absolutely create the result you desire. Just know that the further you have to come, the more your kid will fight. So if you are met with a lot of angst, a lot of backlash when you start implementing these ideas, just remember it will get better. And one more note about consistency that I think sometimes gets overlooked is that we're focusing on the things that we are doing most of the time. And that's what consistency is. Consistency does not mean that you are 100% perfect every single day. In fact, in my life, in essentially every goal, I aim for a B minus, maybe even a C plus. And guess what? When you are doing C plus level work where before you were doing no work at all, C plus will get you results. So don't stress if you have a bad night. Don't stress if you give in and just make your kids a sandwich because you can't deal with it that night. But remember that just because that happened once or twice or even for a week, that is not a reason that you need to give up on these goals. That's not a reason that you need to quit trying to make things better at mealtime. Just recommit, try to be consistent, and 
get back going. The most important thing here is trying again, not being perfect every single day. So keep that in mind. That's my last tip for getting your entire family eating the same meal. And I hope that these tips have been helpful, that as you learn to be considerate but not catering, as you learn to play into your kids' personalities, as you learn to use safe foods and get over your fear of limiting them, as you try keeping things separate, serving bowl-style meals, um, trying serving your meals family style, and as you learn to involve your kids in the menu planning process while maintaining boundaries and most of all, just being as consistent as you can in these things, you will find more peace at mealtime. You will be able to get out of the trap of feeling like you're stuck and constantly catering and making new things for your kids to keep them happy. You can keep them happy while also maintaining your sanity and making only one meal every single night. You can do this, moms. I promise it's possible. And as you try these things, I think you'll start feeling a lot more peace in the kitchen. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, next week, we are going to be talking about caramel apples. So I'm going to be sharing how I make caramel apples that look professional instead of like your five-year-old made them. Honestly, this process took me seven to eight Halloweens to perfect, and I'm really excited to share it with you. It's not hard. It's actually really easy if you take the right steps. And it's a really fun thing to do with your kids, do with your friends and neighbors. Um, and they're fun little gifts to give out at this time of year. So I will share that process. I'm excited to chat with you. Until next week, happy planning.